getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast presented by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports. It is the last podcast, the last episode of the preseason. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my co-host and partner in crime. He is your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it's finally over, dude. We can stop worrying about, well, we're going to talk about it tonight, but tonight's the last time we really have to analyze who's going to be on this roster, who isn't. We actually get to uh, talk about some games that matter. Yeah, until tomorrow when the whole roster is upended even further. But yeah, you know, it's one week until the regular season, games that count for real. Uh, last night didn't even feel like a game. It felt like a scrimmage. So I'm excited to get in, into the regular season. Absolutely. And it's kind of weird because, I don't know, I, I always forget this time of year that, you know, you go, oh, Friday, the day after, that's when the cuts are going to come. But it's always the day of is when the most brutal cuts. Like any shockers, you know, all the players that – you were really wondering. It's like the guys we're going to talk about that have already been cut on Friday. We all kind of knew they were coming. Like they were no-brainers. They're, they're, you know, right. there might be questions as to whether or not they're going to come back on the practice squad. But like the guys were all still wondering whether or not they want a job. That's going to come Saturday. And I sometimes forget that really that's what teams do. They get rid of the no-brainers on Friday, cut, 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 and then they wait to see what's on the waiver wire. Then they make their final, you know, cuts on Saturday. They also kind of, I think, scout the film a little bit and take one last film study and see yep. if they're worth keeping or worth getting rid of. So they want to take every second they can. That's a good point. And I wrote about that um, on Friday. In fact, it you know kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But these guys that got cut today, you know, the Broncos gave them a great opportunity, even though they're cutting them, because all these guys, Marcus Rush, you know, he got his foot in the door. And even though he's not making Denver's 53-man roster, he put four quality games on tape for the other 31 pro personnel offices to you know go through and and recognize and he will get picked up i think marcus rush might not happen uh today in fact even if he got claimed today we wouldn't know until tomorrow but i just have a sneaking suspicion that he's got a a home somewhere in the nfl and even if marcus rush does not get claimed zach i think that he's a guy that could end up back on the practice squad depending on what happens with mr jeff holland Absolutely. The Broncos have a few players they cut that were just victims of the numbers game. 
They just had too many p- p- uh, players at positions where they could just couldn't keep them on the 53. Marcus Rush is one of them. Jordan Leslie is another one of them. I'm going to get into him in just one second here. They have put good film on tape in the preseason, and that's what the benefit is of playing you know all four quarters or this most of the half in a preseason game. So Marcus Rush is definitely a guy I think will either be back in a Broncos uniform on the practice squad or get another opportunity elsewhere in the NFL. So we have some stuff to get to from the preseason finale. We're going to touch on just a few takeaways. We don't need to dwell on it much, but then we're going to get to the cuts on Friday, and then we are going to go through a 53-man roster projection. Uh, Zach published one late Thursday right after the game, and we're going to go through that and uh, see what's what. But first, got to say thank you to the sponsor of today's show, Audible. You guys, go out and get yourselves a free audiobook download and that 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash huddle up. There's over 180,000 different titles that you can choose from, whether you're on an iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I use this app today. I use it just about every day uh, because I love to read and I love listening to stuff, audio content, and I don't always have time to sit down and turn the pages on the books that I want to read. So Audible allows me to get these books under my belt, learn something, be entertained while I'm doing other things. So go to audibletrial.com slash huddle up. You'll love it too. You're going to get a 30-day free trial and a free book for giving it a whirl. Just make sure you go to audibletrial.com slash huddle up. All right, so the Broncos go in to Arizona for yet another preseason finale against the Cardinals. It seems like they're, that's their, their uh, <laughs> last opponent in the preseason each and every year. But uh, they uh, – Got off to a slow start, but came out ahead. Won the game 21-10. So it's good. We don't need to overanalyze necessarily what a win in the preseason finale means. But at the very least, I think it's good, even though those were all depth players and backups, for the Broncos to establish a little bit of momentum, and especially that those two wins they garnered in the preseason, Zach, came on the road. That's a good point. I don't put any stock in the preseason because didn't they go 4-0 last year? And yes, you saw what happened in the regular season. It is nice. It's always nice to get a win. It always, you know, boosts their confidence. But I want to see what happens when Seattle comes to town. Most definitely. So I think the the main things to kind of touch on from the preseason finale is, speaking for myself, I was expecting more from Chad Kelly getting the start. Now it's not like he completely tanked. I mean, the guy, if you look at his stat line, uh, the the kid went um, 12 for 19, 126 yards, but his QB rating was only 60.4 and of course what really killed him was that interception on Mm -hmm. the initial possession and if you go back and watch the tape on that I think Kelly deserves most of the blame because he's the guy that uncorked and pulled the trigger but if you look at the route that River Craycraft ran on that shallow cross you know he allowed the linebacker to basically disrupt his route and slow him down and Chad Kelly he saw that defensive end initially step like he was going to rush and so he leaves his eyes to find his target doesn't see that he's dropping back. I think that if River Craycraft is able to elude that linebacker in the middle and get a clean release across the field like that, he probably ends up, might not have been a completion, but I think he would have at least been there to disrupt that defensive end from picking off the ball. But regardless, Chad Kelly, it kind of took him some time to respond from that snafu. He eventually did, and we saw him making some plays and you know made a few really solid throws downfield. But it wasn't exactly what you wanted to see from a guy that's looking to punctuate an impressive preseason performance with yet one final, you know, planting his flag, so to speak. Hey, John, Mr. Elway, I'm your backup. 
Yeah, it's ironic because before the game, Elway actually said that he thought Kelly did enough to cement himself as the number two. Right. And then Kelly picked the worst time to have his worst game in, in the preseason. I think fans were used to him making those big splash plays, leading scoring drives. And he came out a little tight, a little tentative, a little indecisive. And that interception, I agree with you, it was mostly on him. But I think he threw the ball a little too hard also. Mm-hmm. And a better receiver, it would have been an incompletion. It said to Demarius Thomas or Manuel Sanders, it was on Craycraft too, but yeah, he, he came a little a little tentative. I didn't like to see that. He didn't play loose, and I, I don't think the offensive play calling did him any favors either. It was a little too conservative for my taste. Yeah. They, they, they were very horizontal, not vertical. I wanted him to take, take some shots down the field and open up the field a little bit, but yeah, it wasn't his best effort, and he really didn't do much, I think, even though I think he will be the number two, I didn't think he did enough to cement himself to secure that spot and leave no doubts right. as to why he deserves that position. I thought he could have had a better effort. Um, hopefully, he didn't damage his stock too much. Yeah, it's not like an authoritative throwdown like Royce Freeman where you come out of it going, there's no question. Now, I still don't doubt myself what the Broncos should do. I still believe that Chad Kelly should be the backup moving forward. Don't waste time trying to find an outside guy unless just some perfect gem fell into your lap but if you look at what happened because you're right I mean there was a lot the the Broncos were running the ball like crazy even on that first drive in which they really moved the ball until that pick you know they're the obviously the point there was the Broncos know what they've got in their wide receivers they're basically six deep if you count Isaiah McKenzie there wasn't really any questions as to what you know what can the wide receivers do what it came down to what they really wanted to see was how the big uglies on the offensive line, which ones were going to separate. Let's get one last look at these guys. And then also, clearly, they were allowing D'Angelo Henderson and David Williams to just battle it out. Yeah, I thought Henderson really stood out in that game. And he showed why that he shouldn't be cut. And he showed that if he is cut... He, it won't take long for him to resurface again in the NFL. The guy just has a professional skill set. He ran the ball really well. Um, I think Vance Joseph called it a spirited effort, and I'd agree with that. He ran with authority. He showed power, quickness, uh, hops, like live up to his nickname. Yep. Um, he, he deserves to stick around, and I think he staked his claim for that reason. Um, in terms of the offensive line, though, I want to touch on this real quick. They didn't do Chad Kelly any favors either. He was under siege for most of the first half, and that's a, a point of contention for me because the the Broncos really, really need a guy to develop on the O-line, and they don't have it. You know, God forbid the front five gets hurt in the regular season. Um, it was very discouraging that he, he wasn't helped out by his play calling, by his supporting cast. But from the first team offense in the first half, I was very impressed with Henderson. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, his wiggle, you could tell this was a guy that was like, look, I recognize that my NFL career is on the line, and I'm not going out like a you-know-what. I'm going to throw it down. And he did. You know, I mean, he didn't have any of those huge splash plays like we saw from him in the preseason last year where he's rumbling, you know, 45 yards down the field for a touchdown. But every time he touched, he was just electric. You could just feel that something was about to happen. And he finished the game, D'Angelo Henderson, with 53 yards rushing on 11 carries, and then he also hauled in three receptions and had one that was for a first down get erased on that same opening drive in which Kelly threw the pick due to a a holding penalty on Billy Turner. But, you know, one thing to keep in mind, too, as it relates to both Chad Kelly and just the overall, uh, you talked about the pressure, Arizona's defense, I know it's just preseason, okay, and you can't read too much into it, but I was shocked when I was doing some of the pregame stuff, you know, doing the uh, game, game week hub, Uh, everything you need to know on the website post and I was going through the press release that the team sent us 
And one of the things I noticed right out of the gates from the Cardinals is that they had already taken the ball away in the preseason 14 times. 14 wow. times before yesterday. Now the Broncos, you know, they, they turned it over once on that Chad Kelly play, but this was a surprisingly good defense, and I was surprised also at how deep they were until Paxton Lynch got in there and uh, Bill Musgrave dumbed it down a little bit and ran some read option spread. They pretty much had the Broncos bottled up, so you got to tip the, your cap to them a little bit as well. Yeah, the Arizona defense is pretty nice. People kind of underrate them, but even their backups, um, you, you kind of have some of those defenses that are more prone to creating turnovers and causing havoc, and you did see it last night. I will One more point about D'Angelo Henderson. Yeah. I want to take it back to him for just one second. Sure. Uh, he was There was a report that came out that he teams were garnering interest in him around the NFL, and I think he read his own press cl- clippings to that mm-hmm. point. And I think he wants to show that he does deserve to stick around. He does deserve to be playing 14 this season. So uh, on the first-team offense and among the the notable players that played last night, there weren't many. Henderson was definitely one of my top stars. I'm going to be irritated, Zach, if the Broncos waive him and keep Devontae Booker because Booker has done literally nothing in the preseason. I mean, I've seen him pick up a couple of blitzes and, you know, as far as something positive and notable – but he's really done nothing. And granted, he hasn't gotten near the amount of work that a guy like D'Angelo Henderson has on the third team. But I just don't understand how you could pass on. If this is all about you know, the ultimate meritocracy where the best guy plays and the best guy deserves a roster spot, there is under no circumstance any reason why Devontae Booker would deserve a roster spot over D'Angelo Henderson except for draft pedigree and yet you look at them Booker was a fourth round pick Henderson was a sixth round pick they're both John Elway picks I don't understand this love that the coaching staff apparently seems to have for Devontae Booker it it mystifies me yeah, he hasn't done much, and I've been one of his biggest supporters. You know, a lot of people hate on him, and I've we've both actually have defended him on this podcast, and he has really not, uh, you know, helped done us any favors or helped us out. Yep. He's run like he has weights around his ankles. He hasn't had done anything. He's supposed to be the home run hitter. He's not hitting even singles, ground rule doubles. He's doing nothing. <laughs> so he's being outshined by at least three other running backs, and those three running backs should be on the roster. Now, the only reason I would think they can get rid of Hop, even though they should shouldn't is because his skill set is very similar to Royce Freeman they're both kind of built the same they kind of run the same and like I said you know Devontae Booker is supposed to be that home run guy the yeah. best pass catching back the most senior back on the roster and Vance likes to play favorites you know it's it's we saw it last year with Will Parks for example he likes his players and I think Devontae Booker is on his yeah you know, one of his pets. So uh, that, that's why he could stick around. But they have a decision to make. I'd rather than, than get David Williams on the practice squad than get rid of D'Angelo Henderson. That's just my my take. Well, the, the thing with David Williams is I, I wrote about this on Friday, too, that I don't think, you know, he's going to get waived. But it's not the last you're going to see from David Williams in the orange and blue because the Broncos like him and, and he showed enough to come back to the practice squad, you know, especially as a seventh-round pick. But he didn't quite, I think, show enough – to really pop or flash to draw the type of attention from the other 31 teams that would warrant a waiver claim. Because the other thing about a waiver claim is that not only are you taking up a roster spot or, or you know even a practice squad spot ostensibly, but depending on where you're at in the order, if you use your claim, you know I'm, actually I'm not sure exactly how that would work before week one. But what I was going to say is, 
if you use your claim and you're the Broncos, for example, the Broncos picked fifth in the draft on the waiver wire, they're the fifth team that gets. So if a player drops from the first guy, the first team doesn't take him, second, third, fourth, fifth, the Broncos are the fifth team every time a player gets waived that they can decide whether or not they want to put a claim in on them. So if you do that, this early in the season, I'm not sure now that I've said it, whether or not that sets him back mm-hmm. to the back of the order. But it's still something that you got to wonder with David Williams. I don't think NFL teams are that incentivized. I think he's safe enough to be slipped to the, to the practice squad where, you know, you can call him up, Zach, if you've got a rash of injuries to the running back stable in November. Yeah, that's actually a great point. I, I think he would slip through waivers and they can sneak him onto the practice squad. And if it came down to the two, if you put D'Angelo on there, he's going to get plucked off the practice squad. Yeah. But I think David Williams, they can hide him on there. And if there's an injury, if they want to call him up, they can. So I fully agree with you. I, I probably would keep four running backs, and we'll get into that on the 53 in just one second here. Yeah. I would not keep he- Williams. I would keep Henderson. I guess keep Booker, Lindsey, and Freeman. And then you have Janovich as the fullback. I would go very running back heavy for this offense. I would not leave Henderson off the 53. I agree. And another reason for that is, yeah, the Broncos are deep at running back, and that's a plus, but they're also extremely inexperienced. So you want as many bodies there as you can get who can make plays in case guys fail to rise to the occasion or they get dinged up or they're not used to uh, the, the wear and tear. You know, most college players, especially running backs who are touching the ball 15 to 25 times a game in college, you know, they're used to their season being over uh, in November. And that's really when things just start ramping up for professional players. And, and Devontae Booker experienced that as a rookie, even though he led the league in, or the team, excuse me, in rushing. You know, he really hit a wall that second half of the season because as a rookie, he's just there's there's a it takes him getting used to for these guys, an endurance aspect to it. So I agree with you on the four guys, and we'll talk about that again here in just a minute. But before we move on, we got to talk about Paxton Lynch because he came in and defied all the naysayers, defied all the boo birds at, at mile high and had himself a game like it was the most carefree, poised um, I don't know, find another description for it, at peace. Just like he didn't have a care in the world, and he was just out there playing football and having fun. Now, there were some X's and O's to it, obviously, Zach, where this was a guy that obviously Bill Musgrave, you know, kind of dumbed it down. You, you didn't see him operating the full, quote-unquote, Case Keenum offense like Chad Kelly uh, pretty much was when he was in the game in the first half. Instead, you saw the Broncos run a lot of shotgun spread looks, a lot of read options, where basically Paxton Lynch gets the ball, snaps the ball, got it, makes one read. If it's there, unload. If not, oh, goodness, we're in some trouble. Yeah, I'll say this about Paxton. Credit where credit's due. He came in, threw two touchdowns. I think he only had one incompletion. He looked in command of the offense. Um, He played, like you said, carefree, very poised. And sometimes when you play loose and have fun out there, that's when you get your best efforts. So I give him credit for that. Now, on the flip side, how sad is it that our expectations about our former first-round pick is that he came in on the fourth quarter, the second half of the fourth preseason game yeah. and dominated third and fourth and fifth stringers. It right. kind of works both ways. If It's really sad that it got to this point that it, it took two and a half years, you know, two years and three preseason games for him to finally show what he can do, and it's against backups. So I give him credit. I think he felt the pressure. I think he knows his job was on the line, and he came out and responded. Now you have to weigh that against the expectations for him, and if that one effort 
can outweigh all the years of regression and all the bad performances we saw as recently as last week and the week before. You know, why, Zach? Why was he suddenly so confident? Why was he suddenly so loose? What was it from a psychological perspective? If you, if you could get inside the mind of Paxton Lynch and you could answer this question, what, what was it about yesterday, Thursday, Thursday night's game, the preseason finale, that you think Paxton Lynch was so loose? Did it have something to do, do you think, with him just feeling like he can sense that his time in Denver is coming to an end, so he's kind of the pressure is being deflated out of the situation, all the expectations to where he can just go out and play, or do you feel like it's the reverse of that where maybe he's like, oh, I'm at the home stretch, you know, they're not going to cut me, I'm the first-round pick, you know, I've got a roster spot, I'm just going to go out and have fun. I think it's a mixture because all the quotes that he gave during the week, he was very you know, copacetic with his his position with the team. He wasn't worried about getting cut. He said he wasn't facing any stress or any undue stress. Uh, like I said, when you go out there and you just have fun and you play what is a kid's game, ultimately, mm-hmm. and you just let loose. And that's you sometimes get I – mean, look at Brett Favre. He made a career out of that. Sometimes you get good efforts. And, and Paxson just picked a pretty good time yeah. with his job on the line to have one of those efforts. So um, he was playing very carefree, very, very loose. He was playing the opposite of what we saw from Chad Kelly, who was very tight, very tentative. He just let it out there and, and let it rip, and, and fortunately he connected. He made a couple nice throws. That touchdown down yeah. the seam to uh, Lacoste, yep. that seam route, that was a bullet. That was a very nice throw. I, I don't take that away from him. But like I said, the expectation is that he can come in the last preseason game and throw a couple touchdowns. That's it's That it's gotten to this point, it's pretty sad. And does that outweigh what we've seen the last two years? It can't. I mean, and that's what irritates me about the whole thing is – that I, I, my opinion is, and just based on things I've, I've heard and been told, I think the Broncos had resigned themselves. They were resolved going into the finale that Paxton Lynch was one way or another not going to be on this 53-man roster. And yet when you go out and earn a quarterback rating of 141.8, you only have one incompletion. You know, you eclipse 100 yards passing in one half and throw for two touchdowns, plus convert one uh, two-point conversion with your legs. Right. Now – reforces another conversation and John Elway being John Elway you know we've talked many times on the show about the egg on the face and you know the pride and the hubris and all this if he can find a reason not to give up on a first round pick that he made especially a quarterback you know I think he's going to try and find that reason and for that oh it's just like the team needs to to you know wash themselves of this situation with Paxton Lynch and there's just something nagging at me now that that performance was enough to hang on. And instead of that favor we talked about last week on the show, how Chad Kelly has done the Broncos a favor by not only showing out and proving he can be a a backup quarterback and really being ahead of the curve in terms of his development where everyone's expecting him to be, but he also allowed them to – he gave them an extra roster spot. They don't have to budget for three quarterbacks anymore, and they can use that third spot on another premium position – and then in comes Paxton Lynch in the fourth game and screws it up. Now, if it was for a good cause, I'd be clapping my hands about it. But we, as you talked about, you have to compare it against an entire body of work. There's no reason to believe that it's a trend for Paxton Lynch. It's more of an outlier and an anomaly based on what we've seen. 
I 1,000% agree with you. And I actually wrote that almost word for word, that his performance last night gave Elway another reason to preserve his ego for one more year. Mm. That was all he needed. He needed just anything, any semblance of hope, progression. And fortunately, he got that in Paxton Lynch. That night couldn't have gone better for him with Kelly kind of not doing so well and him coming out and throwing two touchdowns. Uh, it, if Elway was looking for a reason, he finally got it. And you know how big his ego is, and he runs based around his ego. Um, so, yeah, I, I would prefer the Broncos get rid of him still. I don't think that does enough to ensure his roster spot, even though it would cost them more to get rid of him than to keep him based right. on dead money and his structure. I just would rather open up the roster spot and give it to another receiver, running back, offensive lineman, and go into the season with Shad Kelly as your number two and Keenum as your number one, and I think they can get by with that. For what it's worth, Mike Glennon, the guy who and you wrote about this on Wednesday, there was a report that the Broncos were tentatively attached to Mike Glennon as a possibility if he was going to get cut, maybe even as a possible trade target. Who knows? Uh, he came out, played really well uh, with the as you know the second team unit for Arizona, went eight for 10, 69 yards, and a touchdown, 128.8 rating. So for whatever that's worth. But then reports came out Friday that the Cardinals completely plan on keeping him, and in fact keeping three quarterbacks and that's the other thing to keep in mind with the Broncos as you're as we get into this next segment with the 53-man roster is they've kept three quarterbacks the last several years so I think they're there it's not like it's an alien idea going into the season with three so I think you know getting back to this John Elway they're looking for reasons to keep Lynch and uh, we'll talk more about it here in a second but I think the odds are in Lynch's favor at this point in fact before we get to the 53-man roster projection though uh, I just got to remind you guys really quick. It's off the, the website. There's nowhere that you can see it at, at the website, milehighhuddle.com. But you can still actually, the code's still good. So from now until I think it runs through the weekend, you can get 30 days of Mile High Huddle 24-7 Sports VIP Okay, for one cent. You use the code FIRSTMONTHMHH at checkout. FIRSTMONTHMHH. And that gets you locked in for 30 days for the cost of one penny, and that'll give you access to our insider forums. That'll give you access to all of the deep dives we do with player evaluation, the film rooms, everything we do on that side, all of our premium content. You can get access to that for 30 days and give it a try. This is an opportunity for you if you've been thinking about going VIP, but you just haven't quite gotten over the hump and pulled the trigger. This is your chance to do it at the cost of one American penny. So, you go, you click sign up, click the monthly option, okay? And at checkout, type in first month MHH. You'll be locked in for 30 days at the cost of one penny. And then, you know, you can decide for yourself. You can put our content to the test and decide whether or not you feel like the value is there. You want to stick around beyond that. But it's going to be a phenomenal season. And I guarantee you, you give it a try for 30 days, you're going to want to stick around. So before we jump to the 53-man roster projection, let's just touch on all the guys who were released on Friday. And I'm just going to go through them real quick, Zach, and then anything that jumps out to you, we can we can hash it out. But the Broncos waived the following players. Jordan Leslie, the wide receiver. Jeremiah Patasi, the offensive guard. John Diars, the wide receiver. Um, Marcus Rush, the outside linebacker. We already touched on him. Antonio Simmons, another interesting young outside linebacker, edge rusher. The wide receiver, the former number one overall pick of the CFL himself, Mark Chapman, he's gone. They waived Deshaun Williams, the big defensive tackle from Clemson. 
Marcus Rios, the cornerback who spent some time on the active roster last year, was waived, but he was waived injured. So if he doesn't get claimed, he could end up on injured reserve and sticking around with the Broncos for one more year. The other cornerback, Michael Hunter, gone. And then also wide receiver from Colorado, Bryce Bobo. J.J. Dealman, the offensive guard, also waived injured from Utah. Um, and then the offensive tackle, Austin Fleer. I, I think that pretty much caps uh, captures everyone that was released on Friday, Zach. So what jumps out to you there? I mean, obviously we touched on this at the top of the show. No huge surprises, obviously, on day one of the, the cuts, but uh, your immediate takeaways and gut reaction. Yeah, and something named DeQuinton Osborne was also waived, but <laughs> who cares about him? Um, right. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Leslie, uh, that's one name that jumps out to me because he led the Broncos in receiving this preseason, and he looked pretty good. And it's just, I guess, that a numbers game. They just they have too many receivers that they know what to do with right now. Too many on the 53 as it is. So he jumps out to me. I think he comes back on the practice squad. Uh, Mark Chapman, the CFL number one overall pick, he looked pretty good. I think he is a practice squad candidate. Um, I liked a couple other players that they released, um, a couple of linemen, you know, per, uh, developmental linemen, Fleer, he's a local product. He really impressed Vance Joseph, Elway, and Matt Russell when he worked out for them at his pro day. So they, they have some young talent. I think they can bring back one of those corners, either Hunter or Rios. Rios played pretty well. At times, he looked better when he was healthy than Brennan Langley. He's a good young guy to keep around. So yeah. I think among these, whatever it is, 13 or 14 players, I think you could see up to a handful come back on the practice squad. Yeah, I think Marcus Rush, for me, is one of the top candidates to come back if he uh, makes it through waivers. Also, uh, also Deshaun Williams, that big defensive tackle. And the broadcast, Brian and Greasy and company, they touched on it quite a bit, in fact, in the finale, talking about Deshaun Williams just a big explosive guy at the point of attack but he never really got uh, the type of opportunity that you would hope he could see because the Broncos are so deep on the defensive line and there's just so many roots that are already sunk uh, in that particular unit that he just never really got himself a chance to shine and I think he'll eventually land somewhere I like John Diars I think he showed enough to at least be in the conversation for a practice squad but he's a guy it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up getting claimed. I don't think Chapman's getting claimed. I don't think Jordan Leslie's getting claimed, even though he led the Broncos in receptions and receiving, basically, for the preseason. There's just nothing special about him. But there's something about DRs that I think he might eventually land somewhere. And Marcus Rios, you touched on. I mean, he supplanted Brendan Langley last year, late in the season. He gets called up from the practice squad because Brendan Langley – just completely failed in his uh, purview when he was given the chance to be that third, fourth uh, cornerback. Going back to that Oakland game, everyone remembers Tlaib gets thrown out for the chain incident, and all of a sudden Langley gets thrust into the forefront. That was really where the rubber met the road for him. He was put to the test, and he was just completely exploited and picked on, and the, the dagger of that game came at his expense. And it was enough where the Broncos were like, we got to do something, so they call up Marcus Rios, and he ends up finishing the season as the fourth corner behind Tlaib, Harris, and Roby. So the Broncos like him. He just could never get up that head of steam this year because of that injury. So I think the team's kind of hoping, Zach, they're kind of crossing their fingers that he slips through waivers so they can put him on injured reserve and keep him for one more year. Yeah, he has that that uh, leg injury too. That's I don't know the severity of that. If that's like you said, if he uh, goes unclaimed, he might go on IR or PUP. We don't know his. Um 
prognosis yet. He did look good last year, and they do need cornerback help because Yadam isn't ready. He got beat for a touchdown last night. And- getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And we've touched on Langley almost every week. He's just, I think, already in approaching bus status. I mean, he's a third-round pick, and he just he can't get it together. So yeah, Rios, I liked him a lot last year, and I thought he can come on this summer. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. They signed Pac-Man Jones. So I think he's one guy that's going to be brought back, potentially. You brought up Williams. I forgot about him. Mm-hmm. I liked him a lot. And the connection with Vance Joseph who was at Cincinnati with him, with the Bengals. Uh, he liked him. He was a, a fan favorite of the coaches with Joseph and Joe Woods. I don't think he has eligibility, though, for the practice squad. That's you only might be th- right. You might be right on that. He's, he's been on a few right now. So I think it's either the 53 uh, or uh, or nowhere. Yeah, so I, I don't know. We might have seen the last of him. I would have liked for him to make it, but they just, they just can't fit it with Kerr, you know, McDonald, Walker, Harris. They just have too many as it is right now. So let's get to the 53-man roster projection as best we can here on Friday. We're tracking this Friday evening. Now, again, I encourage you all to go to the website. It's right at the top in our carousel, the top of the website. Zach published his 53-man roster projection, and uh, we'll touch on this and kind of react to it, hash it out here. But obviously, you have the Broncos coming out of the finale, keeping all three quarterbacks, Case Keenum, Chad Kelly, Paxton Lynch, your thoughts on on how you got to that point? I've left Paxton Lynch. I've done about three or four of these roster projections over the course of the last couple months. I've left Lynch off of every single one. But I, like I said, I think last night he did enough for Elway to preserve and justify his ego for one more year. Yeah. And I think Elway pinching pennies, he's going to realize it would cost more to get rid of him than to keep him, and he threw two touchdowns. I do think he hangs on. I think they can keep him on as a third stringer, still develop him, still hold out hope, and have Kelly as a number two. So um, I would have liked to only go with number, you know, only two quarterbacks, but I'm, I am taking right. three on the 53. And this is a projection based on not necessarily what Zach wants to happen. This is, look, trying to explain. Here's how I see it probably shaken out for your Denver right. Broncos. And I can't disagree. I As much as I would prefer the Broncos to roll with just the two quarterbacks and uh, – just part ways with Paxton Lynch and eat that dead money. After a performance like that, I just don't see it happening. Now, here's the only other possibility is I believe that one of the reasons you saw the Broncos essentially run an entirely different offense when Paxton Lynch took the field is that they were trying to showcase him and they were trying to put him in the best possible position to succeed as a means in which to sell him to the other 31 teams. Now, obviously, not all 31 teams are in the market for a young project uh, type of quarterback, but 
it's possible that one of those teams that might have liked him back in the day and then kind of fell off him because of his recent history in Denver, and now they might be coming back and thinking to themselves, you know, why keep this, you know, whatever second or third string developmental guy we have now, let's go out and get Paxton Lynch and give up a, you know, conditional late-round pick. I think the Broncos would be willing to do that because it would unload some of that salary, some of that salary cap dead money, and allow them to at least come back and say, look, we were able to get something out of this botched first-round pick, and as a conditional pick, who knows? He goes to that other team. If he does well, you know, maybe they can parlay that into a higher pick, something like that. But I can't disagree with you. I think that that was enough, though, Zach, for the Broncos to roll with three, unfortunately. Great point about that. And he had no trade value. It was even reported by Adam Schefter. And that might have bumped it up just a little bit, like you said, maybe a 2022 seventh-round pick. (laughs) Uh, One team to keep in mind, though, if a team wants to trade for him, take a flyer on him, the Dallas Cowboys, Mm -hmm. who wanted him in 2016. They need a quarterback behind Prescott to develop. You never know. You never know. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the Broncos might even be willing to, if they're not willing to give up any draft capital, they'll be like, look, in the 2022 draft, we'll buy the entire (laughs) front office pizza on draft night, okay? Pizza and soda pop, we got you. But anyway, moving on here. We got uh, running backs. Now, this is interesting. This is how I would like it to shake out in a perfect world, but we'll talk about whether or not uh, this is in the cards. You have the Broncos keeping four, not counting the fullback. So, well, let's just count them all together. So, you got technically five running backs, you got Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, Devontae Booker, and you got Hop Henderson making it there as the fourth uh, halfback. And then, of course, keeping that fullback, Andy Janovich, which we know is going to happen. Now, this is exactly how I would roll it out if the Broncos were going to keep four halfbacks. I would definitely make sure that D'Angelo Henderson was part of that equation. I just, I'm trying to, I don't know, man. Are they going to keep four? That's a question. I have, I'm, I'm trying to still come to my own conclusion on that. But I can't disagree with these names. I think there's a better than 50-50 uh, chance that this is exactly what the Broncos roll into the season with. Yeah, you know, like you said, I I've, I projected this based on what I think the Broncos will do, not what right. I would do. But this is the one position where this is what I, I want them to do. And if they do keep five, this is the preferred five. But there's a chance that it could be come down to uh, Booker or Henderson. Mm-hmm. I would just rather keep them all. And have them all on the roster, have a run first offense, take the pressure off Keenum, and you have a lot of different kind of running backs there that all play different styles and they can help each other out. I do think they will keep at least at least four, including Janovich. I prefer five. I, I have Henderson on the roster. I think Booker will stay, and I think everyone kind of fits in where they get in. Yep. And they can get away with doing this, carrying five running backs if they go light at another position, and maybe that's tight end, which we're gonna get to here in just a second. But let's Talk about the wide receivers next. You have Denver keeping six, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton. They're, those are the four no, uh, no-brainers. But then you have Tim Patrick as the number five and Isaiah McKenzie rounding out the group at six. I was wavering on uh, McKenzie. I actually left him off the initial one. Then I came back to my senses because I think Joseph wants to give him one more chance. Yep. I think he likes him enough. And, and you saw his raw speed last night. He had that long punt return, and it was called back on penalty, but the guy is just super quick. You blink, and you'll miss him. He just he has speed that's unteachable, so I think they do keep him around. They make room on, on the rest of the roster for another receiver. 
Uh, Patrick really earned his way. He was the star of the summer. I think he's a number five right now. A couple of players left off, though. Jordan Taylor, I think he goes to IR yep. or PUP with that hip injury. And Carlos Henderson, uh, he will be on the practice squad or released. But I think these six all play pretty well. And like the, the front, the top four are indisputable. But it's going to come down to either five with Patrick or six with Patrick and McKenzie. I have them keeping McKenzie. I think you're right because there's a kind of confirmation bias involved here because a lot of people thought, including myself initially, my, my thought process was, oh, in comes Adam Jones, in comes Pac-Man. That spells certain doom for Isaiah McKenzie. But when you really think about it, and I wrote about this on Thursday night, I think what it means more for Isaiah McKenzie is that, look, we now have a fail-safe, a guy we can trust to do the job. That means there's an opportunity. We, we can afford to roll the dice once with you now Isaiah McKenzie so they carry Isaiah McKenzie on the roster and all it takes is one flub up all it takes is one muff all it takes is one fumble and he's sent packing and Adam Jones gets moved into that position it's also you you think about Elway's ego and if he cuts Lynch let's say that's his first round pick in 2016 he wouldn't want to cut he's going to cut Carlos Henderson that's a third round pick Henderson was a excuse me McKenzie was a fifth round pick I think part of his ego kind of weighs in here too he doesn't want to dump his draft class and you normally don't cut a top five or top five round pick after only one year I think they give McKenzie one more chance and like I said his raw speed is just unteachable. I think he could help out this offense. He is the burner of the group, and I think he could be an asset if he can learn and just hold on to a football. And there's reason to believe just what we saw this summer, that he's figured some things out. And I think the addition of Tom McMahon as a special teams coordinator came at the perfect time in order to kind of get him back on track. And that one fumble that he did have on offense, that was just the result of a guy trying to make a play in the clutch and I guarantee that was coached out of him immediately following the game, and especially in the film room where it's like, look, you just got to get down. In this situation, it's not about, you know, how talented you are and how much wiggle you got and how much will to, you know, shuck a tackler you got. You got to think about your team, and you just got to get down in that situation. So, anyway, I agree with you, though. I do think the Broncos are keeping Isaiah McKenzie and Tim Patrick. They're going to roll with six to start out. Now we move to tight end. Here's where it gets interesting because you've got a rookie draft pick in Troy Fumagalli that you got to consider here in the roster math. You've got a trio, really, of young tight ends who, for the most part, played well in the preseason. I, I, I wouldn't go too far out on a limb as far as Austin Trailer saying he played that good. But Matt Lacoste played lights out all preseason, as one-dimensional as he might be. And even Brian Parker, you know, he's, he's a good blocker, and he showed out a little bit as a receiver there's a couple of you know dove moments that you wish he would have uh, been better like that touchdown he dropped for from Chad Kelly last week but on your roster projection you got Hireman Jake Butt and Austin Trailer the Broncos keeping only 3 yeah, they don't really need more than that. I think all those together they're blockers they're pass catchers and uh Fumagalli will be put on IR I believe they will redshirt him like they did with Kelly and Jake Butt last year and just give him a year to get healthy and to get acclimated. Um, but yeah, they have a, a solid trio. And the thing about Trailer is he didn't play lights out, but he got a lot of first-team reps in training camp. And I think that bodes well for his roster status. I was impressed with Parker and Lacoste, though. I would keep them around if possible. I'm not sure of their eligibility for the practice squad. I would try to keep one of them around. Uh, they did look good this preseason, but I don't think there's any question as to the top three. Hireman's locked in. Jake 
Jake Butts locked in. I think Trailer did enough in the preseason training camp this year and the regular season last year to earn his way as a number three. I agree with you that I think that's probably what the Broncos are going to do. They're going to keep three, and Trailer's going to round out the group. But if I was making this decision, I would put Matt Lacoste in as the third tight end. And Eric Trickle argued with me about this on Twitter on Friday um, because Austin Trailer, you know, can block and catch, and Lacoste is kind of that one-trick pony as a receiver. But I just think he earned it. You know, you got to also give guys what they deserve in terms of. You know, you talk about competition in practice. You talk about it in training camp in the preseason. Go out and win and earn a job. And if anyone did it in the tight end core this summer, as far as what happened in preseason, now practice matters too. And as you talked about, Austin Trailer was getting some some first-team reps. But I think Matt Lacoste showed out the most. So we move on here to uh, offensive line. You have the Denver Broncos keeping eight. To wit, Garrett Bowles, Ronald Leary, Matt Paradis, Connor McGovern, Jared Valdir, and here's the swing guys, Max Garcia, Billy Turner, Cyrus Quanjo. Yeah, the thing about the Broncos and their offensive linemen, and I think it was very smart, was that Sean Coogler cross-trained them all to play multiple spots. So Garcia can play uh, center. He was a center at Florida. He can play center and guard. Turner can play tackle and guard. So you're kind of getting two backups in one player. You don't need a backup center uh, like Sam Jones or Slotman because Paradis never misses a snap. So the, the front five are set, and they have three swing guys. They really talked up Garcia a lot. And I don't know. It's either they want to keep him or try to trade him. I think it's the former, though. And as a former three-year starter, that's good depth to have as a backup. Not yeah. as a starter, but a backup. I think he stays. Um, Kwanjo is that developmental guy. He's that that right tackle, I think, of the future, hopefully. Knock on wood for Jared Valdir if he leaves after this season. And uh, Billy Turner, who, who got a lot of run with the first team. He could play guard and tackle, like I said. So you're getting a lot of versatile guys there. They can all do many different things. I think they only they go a little lighter. They can keep nine. But if they can get rid of one of them, like Sam Jones, who's probably a practice squad candidate, I think they roll with eight. Yeah, so you look at those final three spots. Max Garcia, Billy Turner, Cyrus Quanjo. I think Garcia is a shoe-in barring a trade. So Garcia's making this team unless they can trade him, which probably isn't going to happen. So then it comes down to Billy Turner, Cyrus Quanjo, and I think also Elijah Wilkinson has worked himself into the conversation. There's a reason why he was not waived on Friday. And he's another guy similar to Turner. One thing that Wilkinson has going for him is he's been playing guard and tackle. Mostly tackle, but he's been playing some guard too, like we saw in the finale. And Cyrus Quanjo, as you guys know, those of you who've been listening to the show, I, I like me some Cyrus Quanjo. I'm high on the guy. I thought he's played very well in the preseason. I like his pedigree. Um, I like his experience playing in big games. And if you watch, go back, watch some of that tape from the preseason, especially in the run game, man, he just blows people off the ball. So I think there's utility there, but the problem is he can't, we haven't seen him at right tackle this summer. Doesn't mean he can't play right tackle. We just haven't really seen it. So does that mean the Broncos believe he can play right tackle and it's not an issue, so they're not playing him there? Or is it because they don't think he can play right tackle, so they're keeping him at the left side? But either way, that's what puts, if Cyrus Quanjo is on shaky ground at all, Zach, it's because he's not that, he's really of the depth guys, the only one that hasn't been cross-trained. 
I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of struggle with Turner because he got killed this preseason on a few occasions. Uh, yeah, he got he got owned for a couple sacks him, there. For some reason, they love yeah, Billy Turner. Yeah, uh, like another, like I said, another coaching favorite. Vance has his guys. Uh, he wasn't that good with the Dolphins, Turner was, and the Broncos signed him and just they kept using him. So I think he has a place, but uh, Wilkinson definitely for sure has some consideration there. Quanjo's up in the air, but this is what it worries me. They don't have a developmental guy. Most teams have a backup tackle that they're grooming. They don't have that. They haven't had one for a while. They had to use a first-round draft pick on one and then trade for a, a guy in his 30s who's on the last year of his contract. Yep. they got to find that young tackle, and I don't know if they have him on the roster yet, but Quanjo and Wilgeson definitely are intriguing. I just think Turner, based on his uh, his standing in the organization, I think he does get in. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. I think Billy Turner's making the roster. And Quanjo, like, honestly, I have no qualms. Like, I would not be sweating bullets if it was Garrett Bowles that goes down because I think Quanjo could hold up just fine at left tackle. But if it's the right tackle, which is the one that is probably more likely if there's going to be a, an injury situation, it's going to be to the older guy, that's where you got to worry. But uh, last thing, too, before we move on is Sam Jones played a hell of a game. The two that's times right. we saw him in the preseason, he was dominant. And you saw – um, early on in the preseason, Bill Musgrave talked about how much he loves Sam Jones as a player. So it wouldn't surprise me to see this as a position where they end up rolling with nine because Sam Jones, they don't want to risk him to the wire because he puts so much good tape on for the other 31 teams. Yeah, that's a good point. And he was a draft pick, and he did play well. He can play guard and center. I just said, yep. like, you know, with Paradise, you don't have to worry about him. And are you going to carry Garcia, Turner, who's a natural guard, and Jones to convert right. him to guard? It's just, if you keep nine, I think he is the guy. But if they want to go running back heavy, quarterback heavy, mm-hmm. I think they chop one from the offensive line. They're going to have to make sacrifices somewhere. And it could very well be the offensive line. And really, the only reason you keep Sam Jones isn't because you plan on playing him. It's simply because you don't want to lose him. That's the only reason why you keep Sam Jones this year. But uh, anyway, we move on. Defensive line, you've got the Broncos keeping seven. Derek Wolf, Domita Pecco, Adam Gotsis, Demarcus Walker, Shelby Harris, Clinton McDonald, and Zach Kerr. I'm kind of nervous. I think one of them stands to get be a surprise cut, and I have a funny feeling it could be McDonald. I don't know why. It's just because he didn't live up to his... Um, I'm not going to say he didn't live up to it, but like he came in injured and he he failed that physical and he had some shoulder issues, he had a shoulder infection. Maybe Zach Kerr, who can play defensive end and nose tackle. I don't know. I have a funny feeling, though, there's going right. to be a surprise cut in there. Uh, but some of them are locks. Gotsis, Wolf, Pecco. I think Kyle Pecco, he's going to be cut and yo-yoed up and down the yeah. roster like he always is. Yeah. Um, and Demarcus Walker is my breakout candidate. But I, these seven are, are all clutch. They're all uh, very versatile as run stoppers, mostly as pass rushers, and they need that interior your push and they have some guys on there who can really get after the passer now they moved Shelby Harris to nose tackle which I thought that was very interesting he was a defensive end last year he was he was the uh second most sacks on the team do you keep Pecco who's last year was an anomaly he was injured he's been mostly a, a warrior so you right. keep him and Zach Kerr who plays nose tackle and Shelby Harris a nose tackle that's why I think they can make a surprise cut but these seven are all good players and I would keep all seven if I could yeah I think McDonald, and especially when you look at how he restructured his contract, I mean, the Broncos can move on from him basically if he doesn't make the 53 uh, pain-free. So if there is going to be a guy on the outside looking in here, it's going to be Clinton McDonald, especially because Zach Kerr had himself a hell of a summer. So 
I hope they keep seven. I think there's a way to do it, just like you have here on your 53. But if there's going to be a guy to go, unfortunately, it's going to be Clinton McDonald. All right, so we move on. Outside linebackers, you got the Broncos keeping five. Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, Shane Ray, Shaquille Barrett, and Mr. Jeff Holland. I had to keep Holland after last night's game. He just he came off the edge. He screams off the edge. A lot of Von Miller to his game, where he converts power to speed off the edge. And you know, I, I keeping five is gonna be tough. They're stacked there. I mean, when you have Shane Ray and Barrett coming in as backups, mm-hmm. that's a good position to be in. And there was a report that came out with like like D'Angelo Henderson that said teams are sniffing around Holland. Right. I would do what it takes to keep him. And especially you look at next year, the future. Ray is gone. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to walk. Barrett's going to be a free agent. He he might walk. And then you're left with just Chubb and Von Miller. You need another guy to step up there, and he'd be signed for pennies. He's already shown well. I just would keep five if I could. And if it came down to it, if they had to keep four and get rid of one, I would trade Shane Ray. Mm-hmm. I would get something for in return for him right now and not let him walk for nothing last year and hope for a, a comp pick. Right. I just, I'm a big fan of Jeff Holland. They stole him as an undrafted free agent. He had a mid-round grade at Auburn. And, to ha- and to have him be your fifth outside linebacker, it's just great. He's just another guy that, it's not that you would really expect him to contribute much this year, but you are keeping him because you're projecting into the future, and you know that if you risk him to the waiver wire, he's gone. And Shane Ray, who knows? Even if you can't tra- uh, trade Shane Ray before... Um, week one, you get into the regular season in earnest, guys are going to start going down and needs that teams don't necessarily feel like they have today are going to start to reveal themselves uh, before the trade deadline. And so there still is going to be an opportunity for the Broncos to move Shane Ray. You're going to want to have that fourth guy in that scenario that can step in and replace him as a rotational player. But yeah, I agree. I think you got to find a way to keep Jeff Holland and ideally Shane Ray hasn't shown us anything worthy of keeping him around. So if you can trade him, trade him. I was just going to say, he's shown me nothing this preseason. Absolutely nothing. And, I, and he got a good a, a good break by coming back from that wrist injury and not missing much time. He has shown me nothing. He's been playing with fourth stringers every single game. And he's done absolutely nothing to justify. And he's been rotating in after Barrett, after Chubb, um, and Holland split time with him. I think that says a lot about his standing with the team. He just He's not put anything on tape. I think he had a stack against the Redskins. He had a one-handed stack. But this is your former first round pick and if he like it's like with Paxton Lynch if he's coming in against backups how you know great is that when you look at it in comparison to what he should be doing so I would definitely keep Holland over Shane Ray but I again another guy who I think Vance Joseph likes and if they can they would keep five if they get rid of Jeff Holland if he's cut he will get snatched up right away yep can't disagree I mean and there's a part of me that feels bad for Shane Ray because I mean, you know, he's a millionaire. I don't really feel bad for him. But there's a part of me that's like, dang, you know, he's just gotten a raw deal from the injury bug. And here he is, a former first rounder, three years removed from hearing his name called on day one. And he's seeing the rookie sit and not even play in the finale. And he's out there playing double-digit snaps fighting for a career, fighting for a spot on the roster. So it's very humiliating for a guy like Shane Ray, a big-time former first-round pick, but that's just the situation he's in. So he's got to, if he wants that to change, that perception, he's got to be the one to change it. And uh, hopefully 
you know, if he ends up sticking around in Denver, it happens as a Bronco, and the Broncos can capitalize on this being a contract year for him. And, you know, ideally he's motivated, but we just best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. So that's what you're probably going to get from Shane Ray. And the Broncos know that, so they're going to try and move him. It's just a matter of are they going to find any takers today? If not, they might be able to find one later on in the season. But we move on here because we're running short on time. Inside linebacker, you have the Broncos keeping four, and it gets interesting here because we have a draft pick from this year not making the final roster. You have Brandon Marshall, Todd Davis, Josie Jewell, and Alexander, used to be known as A.J. Johnson. First of all, let me say how impressed I was about Josie Jewell in last night's game. He was just everywhere. Yep. He was just a tackling machine. There was no you know issue with him. I just wanted to point that out. The fourth spot, it's going to come down to Johnson, B area. Keyshawn Bieria and uh, Zaire Anderson, the veteran. All those players can reasonably make it, but they gave Johnson a three-year contract, not a one-year contract. They gave him $50,000 guaranteed, and they talked him up in a way that suggested he was a part of their future, not just a camp body. I do, th- And he was good on, um, on specials, yep. on kickoff coverage teams. He was knifing through there and just blowing up uh, people. So I think he does make it as the fourth. They'll put Bieria on the practice squad, and I think Anderson will be scooped up by another team it's just the nature of the business they can't keep five i think only four will will last there and rather than keep four there and, and five outside linebackers so i do think johnson gets that last spot yep it's four they always carry four it's just a question of who is that fourth guy going to be now you go into the finale i wrote about it many times Keyshawn Bieria, up until the finale hadn't even shown enough in my book to even earn a practice squad spot let alone mm-hmm. a regular roster uh, spot but he managed to play his best game, had his most productive game in the finale. He still wasn't great, but he was around the ball a lot more, made a couple of plays late in the game. So he might he's definitely getting waived, no question about it. But he might still now end up on the practice squad, which is good because, you know, he's a six-round pick. But I agree with you. There's a reason why they paid Alexander Johnson the way they did. They've kind of had to ease him in because it's been three years. There's a reason why he's not getting 25, 30 snaps a game. And I think they're going to continue to do that through special teams and just hope that they really only have to rely on one depth linebacker this season, and that's Josie Jewell, who just has been an absolute gem. Anyway, cornerback. you got the Broncos keeping five here. Chris Harris, Bradley Roby, Tremaine Brock, Mr. Pac-Man Jones, and Isaac Yadam. So you've got, obviously we already know Marcus Rios is gone, but you got Brandon Langley hitting the bricks. So long, Brendan. The experiment has to come to an end. He hasn't shown me anything last year, this year, and I don't have confidence in Vance Joseph, even being a former secondary coach, building him up. He's just gotten worse and worse. He can't even get his head around in passing situations. So I would not keep him. I would definitely keep only five. And they had five last year for most of the regular season. I think they can get by. And Pac-Man Jones is pretty durable. Uh, You have no problems with Tremaine Brock, Roby, Harris. Yadam can be that fifth guy. They can ease him in, not have a trial by fire. And they have to go light at certain positions if they want to keep other players around. This is one of those positions. I do have them keeping five. And they send, hopefully maybe maybe get a draft pick for Langley, but I doubt it. I think he does hit the bricks. Yeah. And I think he's, there was some debate about this on Twitter, but uh, turns out, yes, Brandon Langley does have plenty of practice squad eligibility left. I really don't think he's shown enough. I mean, the only thing he has going for him in terms of being a risk to be claimed on the wire is his third round pedigree. But the league knows I mean, this guy was overdrafted by the Broncos. 
They should have gone two rounds later at the soonest. So I think there's a better than 50-50 shot that when the Broncos wave Brendan Langley, he can make it through waivers and thus be re-signed to the practice squad where he can stay within the organization and maybe hopefully someday soon, maybe next year though, capitalize on that raw potential and athleticism that the Broncos fell in love with. So we move on to the safety, and this is one where it's going to hurt. I mean, there's guys that deserve a roster spot here that are going to be on the outside looking in. You've got the Broncos keeping four in Justin Simmons, Darian Stewart, Sua Cravens, and Will Parks. I was happy to see Sua Cravens on the field. Finally, it seemed like they traded for an imaginary player, and he has, he's he been invisible, but he, he looked pretty good last night. He, he was knifing in there. I had a big hit on the ball carrier. I think he does stay because they gave up a draft pick for him, and he can be that solution to covering line, uh, running backs and tight ends. They have to find that solution. He could be it. Will Parks is a big-time favorite of Vance Joseph and his staff, so I think he stays. Thomas I wanted to give him the spot. I wanted to keep five safeties. It's just not realistic when you want to keep three quarterbacks, five running backs, five outside linebackers. You've got to get rid of someone. And Thomas had a great game against the Redskins, but in my opinion, he kind of slipped a little yesterday. He wasn't as uh, much of a playmaker, and he was playing into the fourth quarter of that game. So that didn't say much about his uh, roster standing. He can be brought back on the practice squad, which I think he surely will be. He might even be snatched off of it. I just I can't justify keeping more than four safeties. You gave up a draft pick for Cravens. Parks is a favorite. You got to roll with four, and I think they have a good four until already. You could see the rust falling off Cravens a little bit, but he was just a physical presence on that back end of the defense. And you know, once he gets his <clears throat> his game legs under him, he's going to be a weapon for that Broncos defense. But it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, he really is not – I mean, the reason he had the knee issue notwithstanding, the fact that he's been out of the football for over a year really as far as the actual grind and keeping your body right and staying healthy and everything, it's going to take some time to build up that endurance. But he's going to see snaps on defense. Meanwhile, Will Parks is going to be the guy they rely on more initially early on in the season as that dimebacker to step in on the big nickel packages and play some linebacker slash safety. But I don't disagree with you. I think, unfortunately, DeMonte Thomas has to go. I think there's a 50-50 shot, even 50-50 odds, that he can make it through to the practice squad and be available if something happens to one of the other guys. But we move on. Lastly, you got the three specialists. No competition. They made it. So that's how it's looking uh, obviously, there could be some changes. We don't know what guys the Broncos have circled as far as their pro personnel departments across the league that they've guys they've got their eye on. There might be guys on another roster today that the Broncos like more than Jeff Holland or D'Angelo Henderson or even Will Parks. So, Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch. So, you know, there's still a lot up in the air. Uh, let's not forget that this time last year, T.J. Ward sat down, didn't even dress for the preseason finale because he was Mm -hmm. a first-team former Pro Bowler. The next day, gone, waved. So anything can happen. Here's to uh, hoping, though, that the Broncos make some good decisions and the right guys are selected to stick on this roster because I think it's going to be one hell of a season. But that's all the time we got for today. Zach and I, we have a life to live. We love you guys, but we (laughs) we got things to do as well. You can find Zach on Twitter, at Kelberman247, myself, at Chad and Jensen. 
And again, guys, make sure you're subscribing, whether you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube listeners. Shout out to all you guys. We love you. Uh, no matter where you're listening, though, make sure you're subscribing because it's going to be a wild ride. Stay safe. Have fun on Labor Day weekend. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.